welcome to Law Enforcement Today, the podcast. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. I'm a radio broadcaster and also retired Baltimore police sergeant. In every Law Enforcement Today podcast, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Be sure to check out our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and please take the time to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. This episode of Law Enforcement Today brought to you by Galls.com. We're thrilled to have them on board, sponsoring episodes of our podcast and radio show, sponsoring our app. And they've been in business for 50 years serving first responders and law enforcement community. They're industry leaders. They've got a huge online catalog, everything you could ever want. Goals.com. Check them out. Their catalog is spectacular. Everything from like a retired guy like me to active guy like Robert. Men, women, they've got everything you could ever need between tactical gear, clothing, footwear, everything. Also, be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to take a short break, but remember, support those companies that support law enforcement. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-610-9060. That's 800-610-9060. 800-610-9060. This is Law Enforcement Today. Joining us on the phone, uh, actually, she's traveling. She's like in Uber as we speak on the phone, and we're in the studios here. Police Officer Ashley Smith, uh, how are you, Ashley? I'm great. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm good. Thank you very much for joining the show. That should be the first requirement. Can you multitask? You know, they never have that question on on the uh, (laughs) law enforcement exam. No, because back in my day, there was no such thing as multitasking. It was, back then, it was called screwing up many things at, the same, at one time. Correct. Nowadays, they put a fancy label on it. But driving an Uber in uh, another town, away from your hometown, and you're doing a radio interview all at the same time, that qualifies, uh, I'd say, as exemplary multitasking. Do you agree, Robert? Absolutely. I have to put that on your next application, Ashley. <laughs> that I can multitask. <laughs> How long have you been a police officer? I have been a police officer for nine and a half years. Okay. And you, we're not going to say what agency you work for because, and the reason why, for those who don't understand, is we have, uh, a lot of departments have policies that restrict you from saying things, uh, especially on social media or in the media at all. Uh, it's got to go through an I, uh, PIO, so you're not allowed to do that. People love to talk about freedom of speech, but in certain careers, we're restricted about what you say. So we're not going to get into what agency you work for. How would you describe your career so far? Well, just to tap on that really quick, um, just so that everyone understands, I actually am the PIO for my department. 
the reason why I don't mention my department is because I don't want anyone to think that my views are based upon the department's views. They are my personal views, especially with social media. There are still weird people out there, and the, the less I bring it up where I work, I feel like the more safe that I can, can make myself. Brilliant idea. So I feel esteemed to be in the presence of a PIO, having a conversation that's not official, which doesn't happen often. I'm sure you can attest to that. Correct. Um, and, and just like anything else, everything that's on that's out there is able to be viewed by the public. And so as a PIO, that's one of the, the great things of the trainings that I received. And that's why I also do, don't do much of that on my social media either. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Ashley. Tell us what drew you to our chosen profession. Really short story. I did an internship with a law firm, and I liked the judge aspect of the law firm internship, but unfortunately, I didn't like the becoming a lawyer, and apparently, you have to be a lawyer to be a judge, so I did an internship with the police department, and I absolutely loved it, and two days out of college, I was 20 and a half, and I was hired and put in the police academy. So you had no prior interest in law enforcement until you did the internship? I mean, like, we had this criminal justice class inside my high school, but really, no, I had no experience with it at all until I did the internship, and I loved it. I mean, day one. And I think that's not uncommon, because we've talked about it, so we joke about it. I was in a high school seminary, wanted to be a priest, and then decided the whole celibacy thing wasn't for me, and then I immediately made the switch to want to be a, a police officer to help people, and I know it sounds corny, and I'm sure you've heard it, you've said it, but that's the crux of why most of us get in this profession. Correct. Absolutely. It's, um, you either like the job or you don't. And that's why any guidance that I give to anyone, I tell people, and I wish that it was actually written in a policy and procedure that you had to do an internship or at least ride along with multiple agencies to make sure that it is the right fit for you. Because I will tell you half of my, you know, rookies and half of my ride alongs after we're done, they love it. The other half do not. And so it's a quick way to see it's basically, you know, an interview without the interview, but it's job shadowing. And so you're able to decide if this is what you want to do. Good ideas. H- how long uh, did you do in patrol before becoming a PIO? About, I want to say five years. And then I was thrusted right into PIO. And that's you know, because I'm, I'm great at public speaking. I worked the busiest shift dual certified in investigations as well. I'm well-spoken. I teach at the academy, and so it was very easy and very natural to just move into that position. It's very clear to us you're very, very well-diverse. Tell us a little bit of some of the challenges you face. I actually, I don't even know if Jerry remembers, I have family members that are female that are in law enforcement as well, so I'm sure that you can substantiate some of the issues of being a female officer in a male-dominated, so-called male-dominated community? First of all, hi, I'm Ashley Smith. I'm on Instagram as Officer Ashley Smith. On my Instagram, I actually posted an article that the World News had done on me. They had picked up when they had, had heard about the beginning of my career. And the beginning of my career was not that well. Um, I did have a chief of police that did not believe that women in law enforcement was even a thing. Um, the problem was we had a chief, when I first got hired with my agency, we had a chief that had left. And so there was nobody running the department when I got hired. This new chief came in and he was old school and he believed men, uh, of women were meant to be seen, not heard. We were definitely not supposed to be doing anything to do with patrol aspects. And he had no problem saying it right to my face. And and being very young, I, again, I was 20 and a half in the academy. So 
about 21, 22 when I had met him, when he had come on, being very young and not understanding that. My parents are still together. They have a very traditional relationship, but my, my dad is the role model that I have. And so to experience that, it was very disheartening. And, you know, there was a, there came a time where they, they pushed me so hard that I did contemplate if this was the right career for me. You know, I, I was doing great work-wise, but the attitudes, you know, when you feel like you're not accepted and given bike patrol 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week, 365 when you're in snow country is not acceptable. Being outside for traffic details when there's no traffic is unacceptable. Being the only person that has to be get put on details like property checks just to keep me busy so that I wasn't, you know, doing patrol tasks is, is unacceptable. And I didn't know what it was like to be at a department that didn't treat people that way. So when I did finally have a sergeant that really had my back and was able to pull some favors and get me into a lateral transfer to the department that I'm currently at, it was like night and day. I have to thank the chief that I currently have with everything because he gave me a chance to fight, you know, what was said about me and, and the hardships I went through. And, you know, he still t- says to this day, I'm one of his best hires he has ever had. I'm currently only the only female police officer at my department. I'm the only female in the history of my department, which I'm very proud to have that title and hold that title. And, you know, I've just, I've excelled and I can't thank the people that have helped me enough. Anyone that ever asks me about advice, especially the females, you know, that are nervous to get into it, I just say make sure that you do your research on the department that you're going to be going to. You know, find out if there are any issues, are there any lawsuits, are there any complaints, how do they treat their women, how many women are there, do they have, you know, programs. Do your research and do your ride-along so you can see that you are a fit there and how people treat you. You know, you almost sounded like you came from my department back in the 1980s because uh, our old commissioner, that was a Baltimore Police Department, by the way, he used to call females powder puffs. And uh, that was his mentality. On the street with the squad, it was a different story. You know, it was, uh, listen, if I'm in a brawl and I need help, I don't care how big or small you are, just jump in and grab an arm. That's all we really cared about. Show up and do your job. And we, we got over the whole male-female thing rather quickly. But, you know, there's many other aspects of this that, and I grew up in a family dominated by women. You know, my dad was in the Navy. He's gone all the time. So is my mother and my four younger sisters and me. Things like restroom breaks, things like other personal needs that I never would comprehend. My female partners made apparent to me and, and very blunt terminology. <laughs> so they were phenomenal people. They were great. So you love your career. You, you've been in patrol and now you're a public information officer. And I want to talk also about your social media presence, your activities there. But first, let's talk about the public information officer aspect. Did you find that to be a big, difficult transition from working a radio car on the street? Well, here's the thing. Um, My department is very small. So not only I'll give you the rundown of my resume. (laughs) I am currently assigned. I was in investigations. I'm currently back to the road. I work the afternoon shift, which is 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., but I'm also in the training division. I'm also the PIO. I also teach at the academy. We also have, um, we call it a Citizens Place Academy, where I teach on my off time. I go to the Citizens Academy, and I teach them just basically what we do on a daily basis. I also write policy and procedures. I'm the in-service training. I do everything all at the same time. So when we talk about time management and multitasking, 
Yeah, in between calls, I'm writing up policies and procedures. In between calls, I'm making PowerPoints for the next training that I'm going to do or updating, you know, the trainings that we already have done or going to trainings myself as well as, you know, the, the news reporters all the time calling me up saying, hey, what's the scoop on this? Are you able to meet in the next half hour? Putting off all my work to, to go meet with the news. So I actually do it at all, and it, it is not a hard transition. I love being the PIO. It's gratifying to see you make so many more friends that you didn't have before. You learn that the media can, as long as you're friends with them and as long as you know these boundaries can actually be a great asset to you. You know, some media outlets, you're not going to ever have them be an asset to you. They're out for, you know, blood, and, and there's only one reason. But other ones you can actually create a great relationship with, and then, you know, they're they're calling you to give you scoops or, you know, vice versa. So um, I just, I'm, I'm a great, like, to-do list person. I really believe in those, and I follow them, and so just, like, it's time management. Well, you just lost Jay because at Baltimore, where he worked, they had a position for everything that you just named. So uh, he's just sitting here with his mouth wide open. I, I'm pretty amazed. That you, no pun intended. You wear so many different hats at your agency. And that I that's do. a skill set that so many people can't do or won't do. Very common at small agencies all over the United States. Ashley, I can relate. I, I've worked at big agency and a small agency so it's kind of unique because uh, you see things at a smaller agency and get involved in things that you normally would never ever get involved with at a large agency you know an active shooter situation get there and as soon as the shooting stopped you're just roping off the scene waiting for the detectives to to arrive with a small agency you're pretty much the crime scene the photographer the investigator so uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying where do you see yourself going with your career and and what challenges do you see ahead of you? Well, um, again, you're going to understand with the small agencies, you have to wait for vacancies. I did pass the sergeant's exam. I would love to move up. But I'm actually now starting to tinker with the idea of transferring either to a bigger agency that's local or actually moving states altogether. You do get to a, I'm almost halfway through my career. I only have to do 20 years and I'm and I'm retired. But you do end up getting halfway through your career and you're like, okay, what more can I do? I've done everything training-wise. I can't do anything more. So what else? I would love to, in the beginning of my career, I did undercover. I would love to, we, we can't do that anymore because, um, you know, budget restraints and all that good stuff. But I would love to go to a bigger agency that would be able to give me that opportunity. So I think that's basically over the next year is what I'm going to decide, you know, the, the fork in the road where I'm going to go with it. Good news is you have lots and lots of options available to you. The other thing you do, as if you don't do enough already, with all the tasks that you talk about doing, the other thing you do is you're also a, a rather significant force, for lack of better words, online. Tell us about some of your activities. You're, you're involved in fitness, and, and you have your own Instagram and social media pages, correct? I do. So... Funny story about all of this, because it has quite blown up very quickly. I have only been on social media for 10 months. I never had it before. I was sitting around on vacation with my friends, and they were all sending, like, these memes back and forth to each other. And I'm like, why can't I send these? And they're like, you don't have Instagram. And I'm like, well, just send them to me anyways. And they're like, we can't. Like, you have to send them through this messenger thing. I'm like, okay. So they're like, just get Instagram and just follow all these pages. So I get Instagram 
the end of December of last year. So it's almost coming up to a year. And I had a baby duck as my picture, and I followed just all these meme pages, and that's all I did. I posted a picture of me at the gym, and quickly somebody grabbed it. It took off. And then I posted a picture of me in uniform, and then, like, 10 different police sites grabbed it, picked it up, reposted it. And, like, I remember sitting there being like, oh, my God, I have 200 followers. I don't even know 200 people. Like, I was freaking out. Like, this is so weird. I don't know what to do. And then I just started figuring out what my audience liked. I did tons of research, what to post, what not to post. And 10 months later, I have almost 50,000 followers, and I don't know how that happened. You worked at it. That's that's the secret. You worked at it. It's funny. I've had this conversation with my wife, Stephanie, the other day. I began to realize that at my fingertips, I had access to the world's largest, most productive marketing machine ever invented social media facebook instagram and i was using it to post stupid comments and then i realized this is your opportunity where you have the ability to access as many people as people magazine or cnn use it wisely but it takes work it doesn't happen overnight does it no and it does take work um i didn't have help with anything from anybody and i didn't ask for help because until recently, I really didn't know the power of Instagram. I didn't really understand what you could do with it, you know, the potential to make it a business. I didn't understand. I'm a little cop. Like, I push a car for a living. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff. I was so against social media just because of what I deal with at work. So until recently, I really didn't know the power of it. But then I started doing research on my own. And again, I mean, I just did a podcast the other day with small business veterans company and just giving them advice to their to their listeners about what to do and I just literally told them you know I'm not out here to to charge anybody money to give like quote-unquote secrets or whatever I'm just telling you what I did and, and what I did is I just did research and what I do everything wise is um, to my audience what do they like what do they want to see I'll even ask them you know, hey guys, what what are you looking for? You know, what's new? What do you want to see new? What do you want to see new differently? Um, and they'll tell me, and then I'll do exactly that. And if it works, it works. I'll remember it for next time. And if it doesn't, it, it doesn't. I'll still always remember it for next time. And so that's what you have to do. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Um, you just that's wrapped what I up. Did. You just wrapped up your whole Uber trip, didn't you? I did. <laughs> We're having an interview. She's talking about her, her, her social media empire that she's building, and she's she's cashing out with the Uber guy all at the same time. That's wonderful. No, no, no. She's live on Instagram right now. <laughs> yeah, that, would be, that would be the creme de la creme. Robert I here, wish. If I had a tablet, I probably would have. <laughs> Robert here is like an, an expert on social media, and he can tell you. How many years have you been working, Robert, on building law enforcement today? Just the social media aspect of it. Ten years. Oh, wow. When you hit that fork in the road, if it involves wanting to expand your whole social media presence, you need to talk to Robert Greenberg. Well, uh, again, like you're an Instagram sensation, we're going to be approaching a million on Facebook. So that's where I, I would say my expertise lie. We just started an Instagram page. And I'm still fumbling with the whole Instagram thing. Yeah, you, I feel like oh, my God. Lucky. I'm still fumbling with Facebook. I cannot do Facebook. I created one, and I threw one video up there, and it got like 600,000 views. I'm like, what? I can't figure it out. <laughs> one of the, the challenges that I imagine might be difficult 
or I should rephrase that. One of the challenges for females in law enforcement that I might not think of because I have a male mindset is getting your proper equipment and gear, you know, because obviously our, our physical builds are totally different. Well, you compound Correct. that with the issue of Ashley being a female and also you said a competitive bodybuilder. Yeah. That's uh, double trouble for uniforms for you, isn't it, Ashley? Uh, yes, it is very much so. Have you found a solution to getting the gear that, that meets your needs physically? Well, I'll tell you, when um, Gals did approach me, um, they were really like, listen, we have this new line. Um, we, we need a female to try it out. You know, what is your opinion on trying it out? Um, I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely try out anything, but these are my concerns. And I remember talking, there was a probably three people in our conference call, and they all started laughing, and they were like, this is what we want we need someone to look at is the fact that we have all redesigned it. We have people, you know, that we want to have tested to tell us, have we got it right this time? And their excitement alone to be rolling out all of these, you know, specifically made women clothing made me excited to try it out. And so then when they sent me all the clothes to try it out, you know, you, you always have doubts. I've been in this job for 10 years. So you have, companies that try to come up with female clothing and it's still no matter what the men's blueprint no matter what and it doesn't fit in areas or it's too long in some areas or too short it's just it doesn't fit so you know I open-minded I'm like okay let's try these on and the clothing that I tried on I was like holy crap they got it right like they must have either the manufacturer like they must have been on top of that manufacturer or they must have actually had a female like dummy that they were sewing on because it actually fits right. Like, for example, I'm going to say this right now. The pants that I've always had in the past never fit me in the butt and the legs. Look like a swamp. Look like I'm stuffing packages down there. These pants actually contour to my legs, to my butt, to my hips. And, I mean, I, I told one of the guys, I was like, I literally want to live in some of these pants. Like, these are the most comfortable pants. I can actually move in them. I can actually walk. I can squat, especially for, like, firearms and DT. So I was really, I was really, really impressed. And their attitude alone, I love working with all of them. They're so like positive and, and outgoing and they actually want to listen to me. And again, coming from, you know, the career in my, in the beginning, I didn't have that. So I absolutely love working with the guys at Galls. Galls is phenomenal. Galls.com, they've got an entire online catalog that just cannot be beat. So, Ashley, let us in on the secret uh, so I can let my nieces know what pair of pants uh, did you find that fit you from Galls? Tactical OPS pants. They are, like, they're nylon. They're stretchy for the knees, but abrasive. Like, they're, they literally, I kind of want to wear them to the gym sometimes. I'm not going to, but, like, they fit me like a glove. I actually have a pair of those, and I concur. They're uh, they're also I find them pretty lightweight as well. Um, I, yes, and the water resistance too. That was the best part because I the first day I used them, I was out at the range and it was raining, and you couldn't even like my pants weren't, weren't soaked, even leaning in the grass, nothing. The knees. There's nothing worse than being wet in your uniform and having to do an eight, nine, ten hour shift. It makes a bad day really miserable. So the, the gear makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely, it does. So, Ashley, 
how can we others people find you on Instagram and Facebook and what other social media platforms are you using? So currently I'm on Instagram as Officer Ashley Smith. I'm also on Facebook as Officer Ashley Smith. There's basically nothing on Facebook. I have to get that going, which I will as soon as my competitions are done because I did one this past weekend. So I'm proud to say that I'm officially a NPC bikini competitor. Mm -hmm. Um, I got second in my class and fourth overall, which is amazing. Um, But I do have two more shows to do. So I'm letting social media, I'm I'm posting all my stories right on it so everyone can go on this amazing journey with me. Then I'm going to hit it really hard in the off season. You're firing all eight cylinders. We have to have you back because one of the things that I know can be a conversation in and of itself is how to eat healthy, how to eat the right way when you're working, pushing a radio car. Police officer Ashley Smith, thank you so very much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. It was great to meet both of you. We're going to take a short break to reload our firearms, and we'll be back with you shortly. Actually, we're like that television deputy many, many years ago. They only gave us one bullet, and they make us keep it in our pocket. We'll be right back. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread, payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychex payroll specialist. And you're done! Learn more at trypaychex.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-375-3164. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now, 877-375-3164. That's 877-375-3164. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. is the moment I knew that for him... You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. We are back. Before we turn to the conversation, be sure to like us on Facebook, search for Law Enforcement Today, and check out our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. Joining us on the phone from Lexington, Kentucky, Benny Belcher from Gulls. Benny, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me back. Good good to hear from you. It's been a while since the uh, last time we talked, we talked about your G-Force Ballistic Vests. And uh, uh, by the way, great, great products you have. And we just got done talking with police officer Ashley Smith. What a powerhouse. What a dynamo this young lady is. She's excellent. We, uh, as you know, we're involved with her here at Galls on her Instagram channel. And uh we uh, we very much enjoy that partnership, and uh, you know she's a, a great advocate for us and our products. She sings the the praises of Gauls to the highest levels, and I agree. Phenomenal people, phenomenal products, great customer service, and it's so easy to get what you need. But her big thing she loved was the the tactical ops pants. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, those are our uh, latest 
version of uh, Tactical Pants in our Gauls branded collection, and we call those our Elite Ops, and we offer those for both male and female officers. They're packed with features. They they really, kind of starting from the top, they have an elastic inner waistband, sort of like a a brief design, if you will, a a men or women's brief. And then the uh, fabric itself is a a ripstop, a mini ripstop polyester with lycra. And then the knees, the really cool part uh, that's that's different about the knees is uh, we put in a uh, a highly abrasion-resistant fabric for uh, those knees so that you you know the guys that are bending down, squatting on, uh, you know, for example, gravel or asphalt uh, at a range or on the job, they don't have to worry about those knees rubbing through and uh, and, and having holes. So, uh, aside from that, you know, they're full of pockets and uh, features, uh, D rings and cell phone pockets and you name it. So, the coolest thing about them is, uh, you know, similar products on uh, on the market today from, you know, some of the national brands that that type of product starts in the you know $69 range and up uh, up to over $100 for some of those premium tactical pants ours retails for 39.99 because we go directly to the factories and Benny, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, as you know, in South Florida, we just uh, went through uh, Hurricane Irma, and uh, my my uh, duty pants got sop and wet during the storm, and I threw on the Gauls tactical pants, and it's the most comfortable pants. I've been preaching them, uh, telling Jay about them, and everybody I've talked to. People must try them on. Uh, the lightweight, like I said, uh, the fit and the room, um, because I was doing a lot of manual labor, which we don't like to talk about in police work, but due to the, due to the storm, I was forced into doing things... Uh, you know, out of the ordinary, and uh, I highly recommend the pants. They were phenomenal. Um, definitely a big uh, supporter on this end. Yeah, that fabric is phenomenal, uh, but also in the, the fit, the, the, the pattern or the cut, if you will. We try to design it. In, in a manner where, you know, the, the drape of the fabric, it doesn't look baggy, but yet it's got a lot of room when you're moving around, bending, squatting, and so forth. So when you're just standing, though, they've got a nice drape, and uh, to your point, you know, a, a, a lightweight, uh, perfect for, you know, warmer climates, and they dry quickly, you know, once they get uh, moisture on them, and, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're very excited about them. Yeah, they're different when you pick them up. Like you said, you spoke about the elastic waistband, and and as soon as I saw those, I knew right away this is a different garment. Yeah, there's uh, there's really only one other national brand that I'm aware of that has that that construction. Most of the others, uh, including our other tactical pant offerings, uh, they kind of either have gathered elastic in the waistband or they have what's called a tunnel elastic that kind of slips in and out for adjustment. But yeah, this is a unique design and. Uh, again, we're super excited about them. One of the things that I was really impressed by Officer Ashley Smith in her conversation, she talked about working with Gauls to try on your products, to wear your products, and then get feedback about how they fit, how they feel, how they function. You talked about this before, not just with your pants, but with so many different products that Gauls offers, that you really, as a company, reach out and want to hear feedback from people using products so you can make improvements. Tell us more about that program. Yeah, what we try to do at the onset, when we have an idea or, or uh, 
identify an opportunity for a product in our offering or in our assortment rather than sit in a vacuum in a in a boardroom or in a you know, a, a meeting room here at our headquarters and design what we think end users need or want, we go out and get the end users involved and do product focus groups where uh, we literally do ride-alongs. We ask them, hey, what do you like about this fabric? What do you not like? Uh, would you like a pocket here? What direction would you have it, sh- you know, pointed? Or what shape would you want it? And what tools do you carry? So we, we try to get down to the level of the end user and, and the in-use application as we're designing the products to begin with, you can't miss that way. Now, you can't satisfy everybody in every climate and geography and so on, but we try to offer enough breadth in the product line to, to you know, to have something for everyone. But yeah, it's, it's all about involving those end users on the design phase. And uh, once you, you launch or execute, uh, you, you're not going to miss the mark because you've, you've designed it with the end users in mind. One of the things I remember that was a real problem with our uniforms, and granted, we did the old bull pants, and yeah, way back then, you had to be custom made. Besides the stains, which was always a problem, was getting things like body fluids, not your own, uh, on your clothing and your uniforms. And back then, we didn't give that much thought to the health concerns we were starting to. But when you build these products nowadays, that's a, an aspect that's actually considered deeply, isn't it? It is. We we try to put a variety of different finishes on the fabrics. Some of those are put on inherently into the yarn at the yarn level to where they'll last the lifetime of the garment. Some are put on what's called post-cure or after the fabric is already made. Uh, it's treated with... Uh, with some of the finishes that we have and uh, that will wash out over time but typically last the majority of the lifetime of of a garment but uh, yeah we try to put on either uh, soil resistant or water resistant finishes which uh, repel body bodily fluids as well now the one thing we don't advertise and we we won't advertise is that our products are bloodborne pathogen I'm talking about our uniform products but we do have uh, at this moment, some uh, development and some testing going on to where, you know, for example, we may be launching sometime in the future a uh, a pant designed specifically for fire and EMS and paramedics that would have bloodborne pathogen uh, properties. We just we don't we don't yet have that one uh, out in the market yet. But the vast majority of our uh, products, in fact, all of our uh, private label products uniforms have uh, a finish that's soil or water resistant and that'll take care of the vast majority of what we used to encounter it it sounds when i see an advertisement for pants i still think it's a pair of pants it's got pockets they put one leg at a time you zip it up you button it up and put your belt on what's the big deal the truth is there's so much more research that goes in to developing a product line like your Elite Ops pants, about how long does it take to get the product from initial stages to where it is today? Um, we've got great partners 
in the uh, manufacturing world. So to answer your question we would, and kind of walk through those steps, we would typically have the product focus group and send concept drawings and and notes to the factory, and they would come around with a an initial prototype for us to view. Uh, we would obviously make tweaks there and send it back to them, and, and they would do a redo. So if we get it right, let's say, for example, on that first redo, from the time we have the concept until we have finished product on our shelves can take anywhere from 150 to 180 days. So it's a, a, a lot of work. It really is. It's There's a lot of... Uh, and even when we get the prototypes, you know, we go back to the end users and say, was this what you had in mind? And, you know, inevitably there's uh, feedback and changes and tweaks. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of work on the front end, but the, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from launching a product that, that you really started with a concept and a group of, you know, professional end users. And then to see them uh, shopping and wearing and, 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 you know, see these products at, at the end use uh application level it's very gratifying by the way these products are awesome they're designed for people working the streets now but people like me old-time retired police can use these in their personal work around the house and other things because comforts and durability is what it's all about yeah, Gauls is primarily a public safety provider, um, but we, you know, with the exception of restricted items, which we have plenty of those, but we do sell to the general public. So, you know, it's not at all uncommon for somebody that's a plumber or an electrician or a painter to come to Gauls and uh, and and get themselves, you know, their polos, their pants, their gloves, and and you know, various gear that they use. So. Uh, absolutely, we're we're here for uh, everyone, uh, but we do have certain items that are restricted to uh, sworn law enforcement only. The items that are available for everybody, I don't tell you. I, I made a joke a while ago with Robert uh, wearing one of your shirts. He said, you know, the folks at Gauls are fantastic, but they're not miracle workers. I don't know if they can make me look good. Well, the truth <laughs> is, your products do make me look a little bit better. A little bit better. And for Excellent. A guy my age, that's quite the accomplishment. Yeah, one one other thing I'll mention on the theme of, you know, the for the female officers, a couple of stats for you, and, and these are you know rounded or ballpark figures, so don't don't uh, take them too literally. But in in general, the law enforcement community, uh, females make up roughly fifteen percent of the law enforcement uh, ranks. Uh, when you look at public safety in general, so that includes fire, EMS, and security, and so forth, that jumps up to about thirty percent. So. You know, what we found at Gauls is that as we go out and try to serve the agencies and departments out there across the country, you don't want to just provide products for the male ranks. And, you know, if you want to win those contracts and keep all the uh, the morale high within the ranks for both male and female, you got to have products that are specific to the females. And when I say that, I don't just mean taking a, you know, a male pair of pants or a male boot or, you know, male workout gear or whatever and say, you know, to the females, hey, order a, uh, you know, a size that suits you. You have to make it on a specific, very specific pattern and uh, with features and, and things like that in mind that, that really cater to uh, the females that are out there, the professionals that uh, need that same gear and those same uniforms. Clearly, you guys are doing that from everybody. Uh, from Ashley to myself are doing that. You had mentioned the bloodborne resistant clothing that you're working on. What what else is uh, going on at calls that you can uh, let us in on? 
Well, uh, we've got at any given time uh, upwards of 50 products uh, that are either in concept phase or prototype or in production or, or just being launched. So, you know, there's a lot going on. But uh, maybe a couple of the highlights I would I would mention is, uh, for example, we've got a great soft shell jacket that uh, I would put up against any any national brand. It's our item number JX778. So if you get a chance, check that out that out on uh, goals.com. But once we launched it, uh, the immediate feedback was, hey, we love it. Uh, we want you know additional colors, which we've accommodated. But we also almost immediately heard, oh, we need a female version of this as well. That's more <laughs> of a, a female fit. So we are currently uh, manufacturing, it's already in manufacturing phase, uh, a female version of our soft shell. That thing is phenomenal in terms of features, fit, quality, and so on. $44.99. You, you won't uh, find another soft shell on the market that uh, has that quality and those features for that price point. Another one that we're working on is a um, a female uh, footwear. We've got a, fo- uh, a, a couple of different footwear collections already. We've got a duty boot collection and a athletic boot collection that both uh, feature female versions. But we've been asked recently to come up with a uh, athletic style boot collection that also has a polishable toe. So people want that uh, that you know no break in required, and they want it to be lightweight and soft and super comfortable, but they want that toe to be polished, you know, for for many of the departments out there, and specifically they want it in a female version as well. So those are a couple of the highlights. I think we mentioned when we talked about the vest that those uh, obviously are all, or the majority of those are custom fit, uh, but that includes females. So there's a very specific way we measure and manufacture the vest uh, to to fit the female forces out there. And the big feedback we're getting also, Benny, which you guys will be interested in hearing, is not only the quality of the product, but how cost-effective when you match them up to other competitors that you're able to offer, just for example, the tactical pants that we spoke about earlier. Um, I believe you said they retail for 39 That's at least $20 lower than another pair that I had just recently purchased. Right. Yeah, we offer uh, over 700 brands on Galls.com and and in our other sales channels. So you know, I'm never going to put our uh, national brand partners down. But what if you think of the market in terms of a pyramid? You've got a uh, and and think in terms of a merchandiser like I am. You've kind of got to offer a good, better, best uh, offering uh, based on people's budgets and and and. Uh, whether or not they're funded through their department or out of their own pockets and so forth. So what Gaul's brand products try to do is offer a lot of the same features and functionality and quality as some of those higher price items, those national brand items, but because we go direct to the factories and get our items made, we're able to offer those for that uh, lower price point, but you're not sacrificing on the quality or the workmanship. All right, Benny. It's a pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about some more exciting news in the very near future involving Gauls, and I'll give people a little hint. Big savings. That's all I can say. I can't say anything more than that. I'm sworn the ultimate secrecy, and we'll have you on the show again in the very near future. Guys, always a pleasure. I appreciate your time and appreciate your support for Gauls. Folks, support companies that support law enforcement, and Gauls steps up to the plate 
for first responders, police officers, firemen. They support us. We need to support them. And we'll be telling you more about the great folks behind the Gauls brand in the very near future. If someone wants to be a guest on a radio show, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're in Pennsylvania, you're in Florida. Our studios are here in Florida. You could be in Alaska. We can accommodate you from anywhere. What do they do, Robert? Just can contact us on Facebook, on Law Enforcement Today's page. Just hit us up with a personal message on our website at the bottom. There's contact us. Uh, just submit out, fill out the form. Or you can contact myself at Jay, at Jay at LawEnforcementToday.com or Robert at LawEnforcementToday.com. It's really simple, folks. With technology, reach out to us. We can reach back out to you. And uh, this show is for you, about you, and we'd love to hear from you. So on behalf of everybody associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. See ya. Very well done. Yeah.